We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2020 CJ Cup, DraftKings picks in preview, and if you're looking for the bets, they will come at the end of the show. Remember to smash the like button for the episode in the description of the video. Please tell me your single favorite play below $7,000 in this week's CJ Cup DraftKings contest. No listeners league until the Masters for golf, but there is an NFL listeners league. So just click on one of the NFL videos or download one of the NFL podcasts. You can find the link in there. It's a very exclusive field. We're only doing 2,500 people. We don't want it to get too out of control like the golf ones do, where it's like 7,000 people every single week. Give people a shot to win. There's no rake in that one. Three max entry, $15 to play. The standard Pat Mayo Experience listeners league contest. Uh, So I recommend you go play in that. As I recommend, getting a monthly membership to Fantasy Nash com today because if you get the monthly today it brings you through the masters and you're probably going to want fantasy national for you know what you probably you do want fantasy national for the masters because you're going to be playing a lot of lineups you want to generate your lineups all that fun stuff but it's far more important for tournaments like the cj cup the bermuda championship the houston open the zozo just because there's so little information at some of these new courses you really want to hammer down on what the stats are going to be and then you get the masters like a kicker on the monthly just for the end of it too so fantasynational.com slash mayo get yourself a 20 percent discount on sign up right now the monthly is a real good value too so you want to take a monthly ben raza from awesomeo.com is on the line with me right now we haven't talked in a while this is weird I know it's been crazy, man. I uh, it, there's too many. I was telling you before the show: college football, NFL, golf. Uh, I was sweating the French Open. I, I was doing all sorts of things. So I'm glad to be back. You were sweating the French Open? Oh yeah, I was betting betting a lot of tennis over the past couple of weeks. Sitsi uh, Pass couldn't couldn't quite get there, but. He gave it quite a run. I feel like men's tennis, like we like to bet like jabronis and golf all the time at longer odds. And like sometimes those guys win. That, does that ever happen in men's tennis in like Grand Slams? It seems not. I mean, it if it's not Nadal, it's Djokovic. And it, unless he, you know, he got thrown, 
because he hit the guy with the ball. But other than that, it seems inevitable that long shots can't get these majors just yet. Uh, so what do you make of the swing season so far? We've seen a bunch of like, not necessarily out of nowhere winners, but it's been like an old man renaissance at everything besides the U.S. Open. You got Surge, you got Laird, Swafford, Sink. It doesn't feel like that's going to persist at the CJ Cup now that we have real players in the field again. No, I, I do find that interesting, though, and I'm I'm guilty of this. I was saying this on a show the other day. Everyone takes the swing season as a time of like, you know, the guys that are, are very talented that haven't won. Oh, they're going to break through. This is their moment. And we've just seen guys who have won before but haven't been for a while coming back and adding another one to their resume. So that's been interesting. This is like a WGC, though. This is a jam-packed field, a lot of win equity up top. Yeah, I was doing my column. It's out on Golf Digest, right? golfdigest.com right now you can also find my two other articles my cheat sheet is up on dkplaybook.com i'll throw that in actually it's probably come out too late for me to throw it into the description of the show but uh i do have a pivots article up at ftndaily.com completely free if you want to go check that out i'll throw that into the description you can go find that along with the uh, the old fantasy national slash mayo 20 percent. that's where i found the ownership projections for the pivot plays i have a few i actually kind of like this week i'm uh, not going to guarantee that they're going to be winners but i can almost guarantee you they're going to be very lowly owned ben but because i think that's an interesting strategy to take this week not to say that you want six like four percent owned guys but everyone is going to be so owned at the top that you need to find somewhere to be different along the way oh no doubt and you know we're going to get into it obviously but when you have more questions than answers about the course ownership becomes that much more important so you got to be cognizant of that i'm interested to see where you go because i have a couple guys as well that'll probably be pretty low on well what do you make of the course shadow creek we haven't seen it since tiger versus phil in the match in 2018 it's super long it's over 7500 yards it's a par 72 there's water on nine holes there's like 76 bunkers we have bent grass greens i don't really know what to make of it to be perfectly honest like i don't have a specific strategy going in but you know take good ball strikers like i do every fucking week <laughs> yeah i mean that's not uh, we're not breaking any news there this it didn't stand out in any way it's pretty long but they're at altitude looks pretty difficult but none no courses really play difficult at this point smallish greens but nothing alarming bent grass as you mentioned so i, I think you want an all-around game most of the, the good thing is most of the players in this field they're good enough where if they play well it doesn't really matter they're not phased out of courses because they can't compete at a long track or a tight track these guys are some of the best players in the world do you think that driving distance is going to make a significant advantage here or is it just because it's at, at elevation driving distance if you hit it in the fairway is always going to be an advantage but do you think it's like oh well shorter hitters cannot compete here because i think it's kind of neutral across no I, I definitely don't think that shorter hitters can't compete like you said if you're aggressive and you don't get punished, you get rewarded. That's just how it works. So that's never going to be bad. It doesn't mean that you're going to be forced into aggressive lines off the tee, though. I think there's multiple ways to attack this course. I'd prefer my guys to hit it longer, but I'm not going to throw out short hitters just because it's a long course. What do you make of lineup construction? Do you think it's going to be one of these weeks where people jam in like two $10,000 guys, maybe a guy in the high eights, low nines, and then just go scrubs for the other three? Because it feels like at these events, the balance lineup just gets completely thrown out the window. Yeah, I think it's the concept of everyone. I don't know what it is exactly, but it's the, you know, oh, I, I get four rounds. I can't be cut. Um, so you can jam in guys. And then when you get to the bottom, you, you know, some people aren't comfortable with these guys, but they say, OK, well, maybe they can make a lot of birdies, outscore their placement points. And there is some merit to that, but you have to be careful because a lot of people go stars and scrubs in these non-cut events. I think that stars and scrubs is the play. Maybe do a modified stars and scrubs where you take a star and maybe two guys from the next level and then build down from there because you would hit it right off the top. And Feinberg pointed this out because if you want to see Jeff and I talking some golf still, we do it at the end of the football show, which is already out. Everyone go watch the spread pick show. It's like the show of the week. It's a lot of fun. We just yell at cuss the entire time. But when you look at these like star studded fields, especially since the restart, every time that we've had like the good players in a field, one of the good players has won. Yeah. And now we have a, a ton of them. So this is just, we have a little more balanced pricing when you get up there, you have numerous options. Obviously DJ being out is going to disperse that ownership amongst Rom JT and Roy. We're going to be popular already that much more. Now I expect a lot of people to try to take two guys North of 10 K and then figure out the rest though. 
Well, when we think about like ownership as it pertains to like this, this tournament has 74 players now, I believe 76 players, 74 players, whatever. There's like 10 of them who just don't matter. So it's a limited field event. There's no cut. Everyone gets 72 holes. And because there are so few options to build from that, like what is a lot of ownership? Like you should expect everyone above 10,000 to be right around 20%, right? Yeah, I think it, that's a good point. I, I do think that it'll be somewhat flattened out there. I, I'd be stunned to see like someone pushing 35% and another guy like 15%. I think they'll all be in the 20s. And that is a product of just having limited options at each price point. You know, a lot of times you have three guys at the same price to choose from. Here, if you, you know, if you need a $9,000 guy, there's only one guy at that price. It's not to say you can't leave money at the table, but you know, that just changes things. So don't be surprised to see that there's still ways to get leverage, though, even with, you know, dispersed ownership like this. Yeah. So it's not necessarily I mean, leaving money on the table is going to be the number one way to make your lineup different to begin with. But even finding that one or two pivot plays, uh, especially at the high end, if you can find them, is probably going to be the key. So let's jump in the $10,000 guys this week. You hit on it. Uh Dustin Johnson has withdrawn. He's tested positive for COVID-19. I don't think that he wants to take the chance of missing the Masters. So here we are. He's not playing. Tony Finau, uh, also not playing, correct? That's right. That's what they tell me. Yeah, yeah. Tony Finau is out. He's also tested positive. He tested positive last week. He's sitting out again. We'll probably see him next week at the Zozo. So that leaves Rom, Thomas, Rory, Xander, and Wolf as your top five. I nice, it's, it's so fun that I get to bet on Matthew Wolf every week, and he plays awesome, and I win no money. That, that's always just a fantastic way to go about things. But for me, it's Justin Thomas up here. Yeah. I mean, JT to me is always the safest play on the board. Even when he doesn't play well, doesn't kill your lineups, you know, non cuts, certainly in his favor form is fantastic. Obviously for me, I think Rory Rory's also <laughs> just playing fine. Hasn't missed a cut this year. Two top tens coming in. He's got the baby behind him. Everything should be good. The, the, the thing that I want to ask you, Xander is always popular, but this would be, you know, just looking at everyone else, Wolf is playing maybe the best in the world. You've got the other three. Is it possible that of the 10K guys that Xander would be the lowest owned? Absolutely not. Xander will probably end up being the highest owned. That's what's wrong with society (laughs) in a nutshell. Like he's doing nothing. All he's doing is putting. Normally I would say, oh man, I'll leverage with Xander. But if he's really popular as he always is, I don't know how you go there when you have all these other options. Uh, I think the way that we're going to play it out, like it's not going to be that he's going to be 35% owned. I don't <laughs> think that. I think that he'll be, I think you can always add like three or four point percentage points of ownership onto Xander just because everyone always under, and no one ever talks about him as a fun play because he's not a fun play. He's just always like kind of a good play that he's a very safe choice. A lot like a guy that we'll get to as a pivot play for me later on that he used to be in this category and has completely fallen off. So all of a sudden no one wants to play him anymore. If Xander starts playing really poorly, I could see it happening to him, but I'd say he probably comes in as a quarter percent owned in all these tournaments. I, I have no, I have nothing else to say. I just, that to me is stunning, but at the same time, it happens every, every time. And I, he's another one with these non cuts, small fields. He's certainly, I think it's somewhat noisy, but he's shown that this is kind of where he racks up his wins. He's still behind literally, he might be behind DJ for me. Uh, I, I have no interest in Xander once again. Uh, no cut Bentgrass. That, that is his jam if we're going to talk narrative street on this. But I think that him and like Wolf will be lower owned. Rory will probably be the lowest owned of these top end guys. But when I say low owned, he'll be like 19%. Yeah, you're not going to listen. There, there's nobody up here that's going to be actually sub 10% or anywhere close to it. Uh, I'm interested to see how many people pay for Rom just because with DJ out, he is $500 clear of everybody else. So it's kind of interesting to do that. Again, going to have ownership. I don't think you can go wrong with any of the big three. I plan to use all of them in different builds. I'm not sure how often I'll pair two of three, though. That could be a little little dicey. Well, if we can find some guys at the bottom, it won't be so bad. I'm not going to play a lot of lineups. I might only play three. So I'll probably, like, I prefer Justin Thomas the best. I prefer Rom second. Like, there, I listen, I love Matthew Wolf. He's my guy. Uh, I don't want to say I named my son after Matthew Wolf, although his name is Wolf, but you know, it's just a happy accident. So it gets me on board with Matthew Wolf. But in a tournament like this, where you only have to pay you now 13 or uh, 
$1,100 more or $1,300 more or $800 more for JT or Rom, I'll sacrifice the back end of my lineup to get up to those guys over Wolf. Like, Wolf in a weaker field and he's $10,000, sign me up. Like, he shouldn't be, he should be $10,000 based on the way that he's played. I agree with that. He has a second at the US Open. He came second last week. He's been fucking fantastic. But realistically, when you look at the talent of the players in this tournament, he should be like 9000 bucks. Couldn't agree more on everything. Wolf deserves that price. He's backed it up with not just on easy courses, which I, I always thought he was more of that than, than seeing him at majors, but you're paying for all that. It, it's baked into this price, so I'm not sure how much value is even left. So we get to the nines. Cantlay is still the highest price guy in the $9,000 range right now. He is $9,800. We got Brooks back. Uh, no one's using him. He's 9700 bucks. Hatton, no one's using him. He's 9600 bucks. Coming off a win at the pre- most prestigious event on the European Tour last week. Then you got Morikawa, everyone's using. Berger, everyone's using at ninety-five and $9,300. Then you have Matsuyama, Fleetwood, and Victor Hovland at 9000 So I think this is the range where if, when like, when, I'll spoil my pivots column, but, you know, there's, it, it'll be more in-depth up there of why. You can find three guys in this level who no one's going to use. I think that you should pick your favorite amongst those three and play them in every lineup. I did that, and shockingly for me, Brooks, I'm it? using Brooks. I don't mind it. I, I, I'm i going to take him at his word that he says he feels great. And even when he was hurt, he was actually playing okay. It was mostly the putter. Uh, he was crushing with the ball striking at that WGC. He was fine at the PGA. Obviously, Wyndham wasn't great, but I'm going to go to him. Sub 10K, no one's going to be on him. I know there's immense risk, but I don't really love this range as a whole. I, I actually find myself pretty interested in him flying blind off the injury. What do you think his ownership gets in at? Uh, at Fantasy National right now, and that just, it's not necessarily ownership projections. Like we try to project a little bit into it. It's, you know, within like three or four points kind of thing. Not the most accurate in the biz, but it does tell you what people on the site are up to. So, what are the more sharp people who are using modeling, researching statistics? Where is their lean going to go? And it doesn't seem like anyone's really on Brooks whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's not going to be like 1% owned. I was going to say I, like I could... five. I was going to say like seven to eight, 10 percent if it climbs. But yeah, between five and 10, I think it's reasonable. And when you're talking someone, he's almost 10K. That's I don't want to say unheard of, but it's very rare to see someone that high up be that low owned. So I, I have interest on in him. He's going to be a complete discount in terms of ownership from Cantley. That's a guarantee. Hatton's a little tougher. I don't know what to make of him. He's flying over tough one for me at 96 did you worry about the guys that are coming back from britain this week because i I, jeff and i did talk about it briefly and he was kind of like they fly private like they do this all the time like it's not that big of a deal yeah so i i worry more when it's a guy who plays in europe and is like coming over for the first time or it's some like hatton and rose and guys like that they've they've done this it's not a big deal is it ideal no i'd rather have them play the shriners but uh, it's not a huge change of how I approach it. Um, if you had to pick between the chalky guys here, Morikawa, Berger, and Cantlay, it's clearly Morikawa. I bet Morikawa like I do every single week, but dude couldn't putt last week. He was still striping it. Yeah, it would be Morikawa for me too. Irons are fine. Listen, there was going to be, I, I remember when it was, he's never going to miss a cut. Like, obviously <laughs> he was going to regress a little. He's going to be just fine. He's still going to be popular. People aren't going to, throw him away just yet but of the three popular guys i would go i would go morikawa cantley and then burger i would go patrick cantley is suffering from tommy fleetwood syndrome at the moment where whenever you see tommy in one of these majors when he was playing well at least that he would just have like the saturday round or the friday round that he would just completely fuck off on and shoot like 74 and it wouldn't hurt his overall like making the cut it does now but for cantley it doesn't but he just has this one round that takes him out of every tournament just so happened that it happened on sunday at the shriners but every single single week this has been the problem with Cantlay since he's returned and this is a lot of money to pay for a guy who's doing that yeah I mean he helped me immensely on Sunday by not just killing me completely last week and he does do that he's still very steady and obviously stability is not nearly as important this week so you can live with that Eh, like I said I like Brooks so I'm, I'm not looking to get over on Cantlay I probably won't just by a product of how interested the field is I cashed a three of six. I, I had a lineup last week that was a three of six, and it was my best lineup. 
that well part last week was an anomaly i've said this on a couple of shows i had no five of sixes but i had one six of six with laird and that almost carried me to the super superstardom but it did not it still was good enough to erase the Hideki Fowler builds, which were an unmitigated disaster. Yeah, I had a lot of Fowler, Scheffler, Morikawa last week, but I had one lineup that was, it had Laird, Wolf, and Justin Sue in it. And that, yeah, was, that'll good, work. That, that was good enough to cash. <laughs> yeah, that's the core that you wanted. Um, listen, that, that happens. And when you have a, a low owned winner like that, which we, it was great to see party, old party Marty, but I, I don't no, know. No, it was this not is, it was not great to see old party Marty. I wanted Matthew Wolf to win. <laughs> I wanted I wanted Blair to win desperately. I just was mad I didn't bet him. I, I could have somehow come up with that and I did not. So Yeah, I, I used him a ton too. Like uh, Sky and I talked about him on the show. It's like, yeah, good value down here. But like you get into the circumstance at that point where we kind of said just here are like six guys in the six like low six thousands, mix them through your lineups like with your top end core. Got the top end core wrong, got the bottom right, except for like McCumber. But the only one I bet was McCumber. I was like, I don't want to play all these guys on DraftKings and then bet them all and just watch them all just be terrible. And then I should have done it. <laughs> I hear that. It was that was weird, but th- that's why this is a quick change. Like we do not have that same situation here. I'd be incredible. Seeing, obviously, I didn't expect Martin Laird to win, but seeing someone from the sixes really get in contention wasn't shocking. The way this tournament is formed, I would be pretty stunned to see a winner come from down there. Yeah, I have one or two guys that I think that can can compete, but I do not think that they're going to win. My guy in the nines is actually Fleetwood, who I projected double-digit, or uh, single-digit ownership, sorry, who played... Very poorly before he went back to Europe. He had that one, like, before the U.S. Open. People were like, oh, my God, he played so well at the Portugal Masters. Like, that is basically a challenge tour event. He just went back to Europe after the U.S. Open. Should have won the Scottish Open. Didn't. Came in second. Came T13 at Wentworth. But the driving has been excellent. And the irons have come back. He was top 30 in both those fields in strokes gained in approach. And between the two tournaments, I believe he was 11th and 4th off the tee. If his ball striking is back... At his ownership level, I think that's where you need to go in the low nines. Yeah, he's interesting for the simple fact that most people, uh, you know, are going to look and see his results over here, and they're very bad. Um, His irons are broken. Nothing looks good. Kind of an easy write-off. But if you dig in and you see what he did in Europe, for some reason, he seems to just be clicking over there. Now, can he translate it when he comes back? I would say so. Uh, Hideki is there and I, I can't Pass. quit him. Pass. Yeah. I mean, he, he did what he could. He, he can't go that low. He, he was, at least he got cut near the number last week, but, uh, boy, Fleetwood, I, I could get down with that. I thought you might go to Hovland to be honest. I have Hovland. I think Hovland sneakily might be the most owned guy in the nines. Ooh. He makes so many more like because no one wants to use Fleetwood. No one wants to use Fitzpatrick and they're right around him. Like even Scotty Scheffler, people got burned by him last week. A lot of people are going to go to Sungjae. He's very popular in the eights. But the two Brits coming back from overseas and then you just have Hovland stuck at $9,000 that he he fits really well. If you want to go with a top end guy and not go with scrubs or two top end guys, you can jam him into and then just go pure scrubs. Like the other guys are just a bit too expensive for it. And I think that's going to elite a lot of the ownership off Fleetwood hmm. yeah I mean obviously you look at Hovland super consistent not missing any cuts ball strike everything checks out I just I don't know I I figured people would be drawn maybe to those other guys that's interesting I'll tell you this much and this is why ownership is so important and over at Osmo I lean on that heavily if Fleetwood is a fraction of Hovland I will pivot there nine times out of ten no problem you kind of hit on it too. What Fleetwood has been doing in Europe kind of skews people who use optimizers and things yep. like that because those numbers are not baked in. It's only his shitty recent form in America that is based in. So when you look at it, he comes out like near the bottom in terms of projected points or just even if you're looking at the rolling report on fantasynational.com, you're like, oh, this guy used to be good and he's just been trending worse and worse and worse. And like we don't even have like no one really has that data baked in. We're trying to get it, but it's really difficult to procure. Uh, but at the same time, it's a good leverage point, I think, for people that are especially Especially people who are running 150 or 20 or 50 lineups and using lineup generators and optimizers to get their projections. That someone like Fleetwood is unfair. Maybe it's fair because he's been bad in the U.S., but I think that's just a hole in some of these optimizers. They don't include the Eurostats. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just a missing data point. It doesn't, it's not to say that Fleetwood can't lose another eight strokes on the approach this week <laughs> in four rounds. I hope he doesn't, but he easily could. It's just those numbers are not giving you the full picture. So if you take advantage of that, if you're aware of that, it's hard to quantify sometimes, but it, it does boost the interest on a guy that maybe the field won't recognize. Uh, in the 8Ks, I talked about Fitzpatrick. He is going to be wildly under-owned. All the Brits coming back, just wildly under-owned. Those are all your pivot plays this week if you like one of them. Scheffler, Sungjae, Harris English, Louis, Sergio Garcia, Jason Day. Abe Answer, the Mexican Allen Iverson. Your boy, Tricky Ricky, loves going in the water and hitting it out of bounds. And then Paul Casey at 8000 bucks. I don't have any interest in any of these $8,000 guys. I'm just not going to use a player from this range and move on my way. I know people are in love with Sungjae this week. Just feels like a really easy fade to me. Yeah, I like him. I, I got caught in him. I played him last week, and that, I don't know. You, good, you good, sometimes good, you... that, that's a good week to play Sungjae when everyone in the world isn't on him. This week, everyone in the world is on Sungjae, and... Listen, I, I know he played well at the Shriners and really drove the ball exceptionally well. And maybe the ball striking is back. But if I'm looking for someone to really elevate and ch- like challenge for a win up at this price, I want Sungjae on a short Bermuda course. I do. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, we saw him. I, I did look a little, you know, and it's like a lot of water here. And I did get sucked into the Florida swing-esque. But yes, the course is, in terms of layout, not similar if he's astronomically owned again, ownership really does change things. I'm going to have some Sunjay. There's no doubt in my mind. The problem I have is that if say he's really popular, I don't like Harris English. I'm not super interested in Usti. Scheffler is fine. I don't find myself wanting to pivot in this range. So if I don't use him, I probably have to change my actual lineup construction. The one I think I would go to if you like, we're just playing the ownership game. And like I said, I don't think I'm going to have any players from the $8,000 level in my lineups and just go with the above nines and then below eights uh, as my lineup construction. But day is the one that no one is going to. I'm for good reason. (laughs) Yeah. His irons, he did not go to Europe and get his irons fixed. They are actually broken. Um, Can that flip? I mean, he was on fire on the approach before this happened, before straight losses, is bad. Ricky does what Cantley does. He just does it in every round. Um, <laughs> so that makes it difficult. I, I mean, honestly, 8,100, you have, you have, if say you're building 50 lineups, like where, where do you think you'd fall with Ricky? I, I just, I, I never bet Ricky and I never use Ricky on DraftKings. I did both <laughs> last week. Good start. I did it. I did both last week. So that did not turn out well for me whatsoever. Yeah, me too. I did things like that, but I do that almost every week so it's a little more par for the course he shows signs that's what that's what kills me i try to be unbiased with him he shows flashes but he cannot avoid out of nowhere these holes where it just takes him out of the tournament completely i think if i was going to use someone in the eights i'd i'd probably just play fitzpatrick and just hope he gains 10 strokes putting yeah i mean he's a putting god um like, I have interest in Scheffler, too, but it seems like no one's willing to like write him off after last week. He missed the cut on the number. He's coming back from COVID. It looks like he's probably the best equipped skill-wise. I th- how I envision this course in my mind, I think that Scheffler would be the best, but he's pretty pricey, and it doesn't look like people are off of him at all. Um, so then you have Fitzpatrick, and you, know, you can always just play the anti-narrative. Everyone's like really anti-Matthew Fitzpatrick right now just because of the comments he made about Bryson. It, it sucks when you make comments about Bryson and you come off looking like the idiot. That's not a great look. <laughs> no, that's that's a poor effort. Um, yeah, hey, I love taking guys that everybody hates. Uh, speaking of, where is – yeah, no Patrick Reed this Reed, week. Reed, Reed was at Wentworth last week. Oh, yeah, he was. It's, I, I watched part of that too. Um <laughs> I yeah, like that course, man. Perfect. That course is fun. Yeah, Benny Hunt, that former winner. Uh, answer, I'm not really there. Sergio, honestly, I, I wouldn't fault anyone with the way he drives the ball, but certainly not running to get to him. I don't have much to say. It's definitely not my favorite range. There's no doubt about it. I'm higher on Sanjay. I will have some Ricky, but I'm going to try to hard cap it. <laughs> Maybe a pivot will emerge, but that's about it. Uh, if we go into the sevens, even here, like in the upper sevens, it's all just a bunch of like, 
you can talk me into each of these guys if you wanted to, because you have like Todd and Rose and Woodland and Lowry, like Rose, Woodland, Lowry. I think that they have the proper skill set and Neiman too for this course, especially. I probably want to lay off the the Todd Kisner Polters of the world, uh, just because you know, I want better ball strikers than those guys are. Not to say that they can't run hot with the putter and their wedges, and all of a sudden that they're good. I'm just where I'm not playing that many lineups. I really need to discriminate against certain styles of players that I don't want. Uh, and all these guys are just kind of floating under the radar. Like Lowry's not playing well. Woodland's not playing well. Rose not playing well. I'll even throw Casey into that mix too. They're all the types of guys that I want, but I just have no feel for them right now. Yeah. And that makes them very interesting, you know, in large field tournaments, it's kind of hard to focus in because their floors are terrible for me. I go to Rose, um, you know, I just see his name in sub eight. I know the form is not there, but he, he has shown flashes. That's the one thing I like. He's got a lot of miscuts, but he's also got a lot of top 20s in there and things of that. So I, I still think the game is intact. Woodland, I'm a little worried about. You know, he's apparently somewhat hurt. He's playing through it. That kind of freaks me out. Neiman is one of my favorite plays on the slate, though. I think 75 is just too low for a guy. It's going to gain off the tee. Irons are not great, but that's the strength of his game. So I don't worry about that. The putter's been good. I have no problem with Neiman in any format. All right, Neiman at 75. Lowry, I mean, Lowry was T13 last week. That's his, that's his best finish since the St. Jude, another no-cut event. I mean, I haven't projected like 3% ownership. Like, literally no one is using Shane Lowry. So I do things when, when we have courses that we haven't seen. I One of the buckets that I make is that I try to predict how hard it's going to be. And although I don't think this is, I'd say this is a dog to happen, but if I think the winning score is like 10 under 12 under, I'll probably get to some Lowry on those teams just because I think he's built for that. If I think the winning score is like Shriners, there's no chance I get to Lowry though. What do you think the winning score is going to be here? Like how do you even attempt to project that out? Like I looked at the course record, Dustin Johnson has it. It was minus six. Yeah. I, I Just knowing how strong this field is and, and trying to gauge it, I think, upper teens, you know, eight, 18 ish, I think is a pretty fair target, something like that. Uh, I'd be stunned if it played brutally hard. I'd be stunned if it was as easy as last week. Yeah. Somewhere in the middle, hmm. in the lower, you know who everyone seems to be on? Everyone's Bubba. on him. Bubba. I, yeah. Bubba. Everyone's on Bubba. Like that. Th- yep. Whenever you get chalk Bubba at a low price seems like an insta fade. Yeah. This is something that I got sucked into a little and, the other thing that it's like, oh, it's a non-cut. It's Bubba. Like he scores wildly. It's pr- everything is falling in line. He made a cut at the U.S. Open. Like my God, every everything with Bubba right now. Another situation. It's kind of like Sunjay. I like Bubba, but the problem I have is if I pivot, I don't like Norin. I'm obviously not playing Spieth, Billy Ho, and Harmon. Eh. Russell Henley's kind of interesting, but there's not I, a lot. I, I, like, I like Henley, but I think that there's going to be ownership attached to him too, not as high as Bubba, but I actually bet Henley to win this. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, this guy's irons are, I don't have the, you know, like the rankings, but he's got to be close to the top right now in any metric that you use. Uh, past two months, he's second in this field in strokes gained approach. Yeah. Deadly. Just, and normally, uh, and I, Would and I like and this Bermuda? I, I trust him to putt even on bent better than Bubba. Same. <laughs> oh, oh, better than Bubba. Yeah, I, that's they, there's no surface in the world that I, I would take Bubba over him in a putting contest. Obviously, I wish this was Bermuda, but I have no problem there with Henley. Munoz is a guy he just churns out. He got, he's a good player. Uh, again, wish this was Bermuda for him. Not drawn to it Im- immensely. This is just a range filled with guys that I don't think fit the course too well. Well, maybe that's where we have to go. The the three that I have stars next to, like uh, you just got me to star Neiman. I had Lowry starred, and then I have Henley. I have Kokrak at seven thousand. Then into the six, and you know I have Corey Connors. Why? It's me. Why wouldn't I have Corey Connors? Yeah, I mean Corey Connors. It hasn't been as good lately, obviously, but he's still someone. Tita Green gonna be. You know, well, let's, fantastic. Not, let's not say T to green. Let's say off the tee and with his irons. Okay, that's that's true. Yeah, around the green, not great, but his ball striking is good. It's always going to be good. Not a ton. I mean, now we're breaking into the. This is you're going to find spotty form, and then we get to the unknown. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't mind. You you like him more than the other 
wizard Canadian who I never play in Mackenzie yeah. Hughes. Yeah, I hate Mackenzie Hughes. He's my least Good. favorite golfer on the PGA Tour. That's that's why we do the show together sometimes, because I agree with that more than anything you've said so far this week. There, there is nothing more tilting than, oh, like you're, you're just tracking the leaders and like Hughes is like eight back or something like that. It's like, let's cut to Mackenzie Hughes, who has just made a 94 foot eagle putt. It's like, oh, my God. How does this happen every week? Every week. It's unbelievable. Every week. There is no situation. Mackenzie Hughes, when you watch on Shot Tracker, there is no correlation to where he hits his second shot. It's just like, <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. He's in the lake. And then he still streaks. Why? There, there's no rhyme or reason. Like, good for him. Fantastic. Very impressive. But I've never seen anything like his combination of around the green and putting. Uh, so, no, I won't be playing him. What about Leishman? No. No? Okay. That was a quick quick no. Can't do that to myself. I just can't do it. <sighs> it's so tempting. But then it's like, you know what's so sick? I say, yeah, I can't do that to myself. I'll play Cameron Smith. Like, that's equally as punishing. It's just a different form of punishment. Cam Smith has gained on approach in six consecutive events. Yeah, he's playing pretty good golf. It's just, I hate playing guys where I'm like, okay, just gain zero off the tee, please. And that's what you get with him. But the form is fine. It's not breaking out, but he's certainly getting it done at these prices. So I have two guys from down here I like and one I have some interest in for totally Pat Mayo reasons because I love the guy. Uh, that guy would be Kevin Na. That <laughs> He's another one that is this a week where he can get like super hot with his irons and can he get super hot with his putter? I know he can do those two things. Can he not just be a disaster off the tee? He wasn't last week, but he had no putting stroke whatsoever, which is really strange considering he gained like 15 strokes at that course the year previous on his way to winning. I, I just like him in Vegas, to tell you the truth. He just seems to have a, he's hit or miss from time to time, but when he hits, he tends to hit big when he plays in Vegas. So that's the thing that's, great with Kevin Na like this guy's a winner uh when you get him right it, it's rare in I think in situations like this but when you do the upside is legitimately like top five win equity and that's rare for a sub 6k guy especially a sub 6k guy not in the greatest of form I listen I'm not really on Hadwin Benny on yeah. I always like him but he, he truly can't putt Ryan Palmer was my complete dart throw like just a dark horse no rhyme or reason just can I don't know if he can make enough putts, but I do like the way he can attack this course. He's been losing off the tee recently, which is really strange which, for him because that used to be like the one thing he did really well. But the irons have been really good. I was looking at Ryan Palmer myself, and I, I, I don't really know. I think he gets added to the pool if I continue to play more and more lineups because, you know, I say I'm going to play three and then he'll be like, oh, this doesn't start till like you know noon on Thursday. He's like, eh, might as well play a few more. Then Ryan Palmer gets in the mix. Yeah, I mean, he's him and Dylan Fertelli to me are similar in the sense that their skills, they kind of pop out of nowhere. Like they're going to gain off the tee long term. But other than that, the irons come and go. The putter for Fertelli comes and goes. And I like that because when you get it right, you can really get paid off. And on a non-cut, this is where I'm willing to take some shots. And Ryan Palmer's stats, they're all over the map right now. And I think that's actually a good thing because no one's going to really play him. Yeah, it's almost the same as Nah. They, that's just not a skill yeah. set that people are targeting this week. Uh, so it's going to leave him criminally under owned. So the other two guys that I like, the two guys that I mainly like, you hit on one was Fratelli. I went back and looked at it. He's gained three or more strokes putting in a tournament five times in his career. He has three top tens, a win, and no finish worse than 20th. So if you can just catch the week where he putts, the rest of his game tends to come along with it. So this is something that, that me and Fantasy Golf Man talk about a lot and I think is undervalued within DFS golf. There's a difference between guys that – say you average zero strokes game putting. There's a big difference between a guy who literally just say he gains zero strokes putting every week and a guy that gains five and then loses five and then gains five and loses five. It's, it's the J.B. Holmes effect. Yes, and, and Fertelli is in that bucket, and that's just going to equate horrible dead last missed cuts – but it's also going to create wins, top fives, top tens, because he has upside with his putter where there's other guys. They're not going to lose more than a couple strokes putting, but they're also rarely going to gain more than a couple. That's more cut makers. And that's not what you really want here. Well, that leads me to my single favorite play and bet from down in this range. Bet him at 200 to one, Ben, along Damn. with along with the top five, $6,500 has gained in ball striking six consecutive tournaments. And he's another guy who loses like, 
three, four strokes a week on the greens. But when he gains, he gains like nine. Keegan Bradley. He's, yeah, he, he, it's true. Now, he's an actual god-awful putter, but <laughs> it is true. I mean, when he gains once every three years, it is more than one stroke. Going to gain T to green, ball striking. Listen, 6,500, it, it's not bad. I thought you were going to say champ, to be honest. Who's just... It's really Another funny. I, I like champ at short courses. I don't know why. Yeah. No, I listen, there's a couple guys like that. Your, your boy Luke List has some of that in him, but Woodland is the same way. He plays better at shorter courses than he does at longer courses. There's just some guys, and, and Champ to me is like the the leader of this who who have the formula where they crush it off the tee and then they make putts. And then your your irons don't actually even have to be good. Like Bryson. So, yeah. Yeah, Bryson is now the king of that. So Champ Champ is interesting, but he hasn't been playing that well. I did bet champ in a head-to-head versus Spieth, which is like one of the strangest bets I've ever made, but I had to do it on principle. I, I just, I like Keegan here. I think he's going to give himself ample birdie opportunities, and then you have to live with the missed three-foot putts. It's just yeah, the way it is. Listen, <laughs> you know what you're getting with him at this point, so but are you team, uh, not to change it, sorry, I, I was just going to say, every, or whatever? I was, I was just going to say that everything that people want, like everyone's using Bubba this week, and Keegan is essentially Bubba in the way that they score DraftKings points. No argument. Listen, I'm a, I'm a Keegan guy, and it stings. I've had some horrible experiences playing Keegan, but at 65, you need to do something this week. Like, if you play Bubba and Sunjay and a couple guys up top and fill out your roster, you're going to have a really tough time. You have to mix it up somewhere. I'd rather mix it up down low uh, with some of these guys because I, I don't think there's that big a difference between them and the mid-sevens. No, like Steele's another one, although he's projecting to be like the most popular of the bunch, but I think skill-wise he does fit this. What were you saying about am I on board with Tom Kim? Is that who you're going to say? Yeah, yeah, this the guy who I don't know much about him. He's you know they talented. He's 18. We've seen him a little. We saw him at Corrales. Is this something I, I need to consider or what? I, it's not for me, no. Not in a field yeah. like this. I think that okay. he's fun at this price in a Corrales field. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I I tend to be late on these guys, to be honest. And I, I've seen his name floating around and making his way in betting markets for some people. And I, I, I just, I tend to wait and see. So 64 probably pass. Uh, I think if you're looking like for pure skills from down in this range, it's almost like the Kevin Na thing. His p- specific skill set doesn't really lend itself to what we think this course is going to play but if it just turns of like ball striking tyler duncan at the min has been really good t dunks never gonna never gonna make me uh rip on t dunks i love that guy so yeah, he, yeah. he gained almost seven strokes on approach at the fucking u.s open yeah because he knows the guy's just a baller um can't putt can't putt that is true he can god there's a couple guys down here Tom Hoagie's down here. Hoagie's in this field? I didn't even see that. 61. I thought that's where, again, I thought that's kind of where you were going to go. He's another one. Made four straight cuts, ball striking, tee to green, gaining. Been gaining with the putter a little. I don't mind it. Are, are we just just stupid for not using Lonto like smart people should? Like we're, we need Rick to be like, yeah, always play Lonto when he's this cheap. Yeah, I really could use that. I could have used that in the last six i never play this guy i think i'm gonna play a lot i didn't even realize he was in this field like he just a couple guys i I don't i don't know i don't know why that i always just forget about him but i do and i used to love lonto used to be my like three years ago i would bet him first round later in every event guy loves birdies yeah i mean he gets dangerously hot well he had stretches his swing season last year was insane uh he couldn't miss no matter what we're talking about so I don't know if he can regain that form, but listen, you are just looking for someone to outscore their placement here. If they can grab any placement points, that's a win from any of these guys in the low sixes. So I think the way that we've kind of constructed it, at least for me, it's going to be 9K and above. Try to pick like three or four guys, mix and match three of them, and then basically just drop to Henley or drop to Neiman or Henley as my fourth guy and then two of these 6K guys. I think that's going to be my build. Yeah, I mean, the way you're talking, if you have a flat dead range in the eights, I I think you have to balance the scale with three and three. That would be my guess. Um, If you are playing in the eights, then it's going to look a little different. But I'm kind of similar. I'll probably just be a little more staggered where I I might have teams that have like a 10, a nine, an eight, two sevens and a six, something like that, uh, and see how it shakes out. All right. 
Ben Raza, it was good talking to you again. You got to come yeah. out and uh, do football soon. Anytime you want, for sure. And then you get me for bowl season, hopefully. We'll have a bowl season. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I haven't watched a single second of college football. Just, I, I don't care about you college. You haven't missed much. I don't care about college football. So, yeah, I would need someone to do that with. Be like, what What are the names of the bowls again? That, that would be my, my first question. Yeah, well, that's one that'll that'll be a show within itself because there's about 70 bowl games these days. Are they like I saw that the Saints, they're now telling that they can't play at the Superdome. They're going to have to go to like LSU. Are there certain bowls where they appear in states where it's like, no, you can't play here? I mean, there's all sorts of things. Then there's like a lot of bowl games. They try to take a team from where the bowl is so they can get a crowd. I don't know if that'll even be applicable this year, obviously. Um, like Boise state always seems to play in like the Idaho potato bowl because they can get fans there. So we'll see what, what the, uh, the winter brings, but I'm, uh, I'm excited to keep it going, get masters coming up. That'll be unlike anything we've seen in quite some time. How do, I, I've been trying to, I've been doing like my initial master's research so far. And the biggest thing that I keep coming to is how different is the course going to play? Or should I just not think about that and be like, let me pick the guys that I think that are going to win and just hope that it plays like it normally plays. I mean, the way I'm approaching it right now is I'm, I'm not even considering that it's not in April. Like, because so far I haven't seen anything where I'm like, okay, this is going to change things. As we get closer, if I start to believe it'll change, I'll adjust. But right now, I'm treating it as any old master. So uh, that'll be exciting. Can't wait. I think that in the case that we, like, we're not going to know if it's going to play harder or it's going to play whatever. But I would think that you could have some leverage on everyone else if you want to treat this like a Danny Willett or Zach Johnson year. That if you think that the scoring is a lot lower than it normally is, a lot of these short hitters come back into play for the Masters. So Spieth is going to get another green jacket. Or, or it's finally time for uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick to complete the Masters slam. He's won every other Masters around the world. Now he can win the Masters. Yeah, he is the master, the Nordia Masters <laughs> god. So. Scan- Scandinavian I mean, if, Masters. He's, he's won them all. If Rory doesn't win this, we like. What's the point? This is the time. No, you got. You need Rory to do like really poorly so he can win the one, like the real one. Because you know people are going to say if he wins the one in November, it's like not even a real master. Doesn't count. The, the, the yeah. Tim Andrecusts of the world be like, no, doesn't count. Well, we we will see about that. Yeah, I can't wait. Listen, there's so many stories of Bryson driving it. 500 yards by then there's a lot to break down i'll be excited to do it all right we'll get me we'll get you we'll get rick and we'll pound it all out for DraftKings master show plus jeff and i will have a show that week too anyway thanks for being on man tell everyone what's going on at awesomeo.com yeah so just like everyone else we are busy busy unveiling a lot of new tools uh, projections ownership obviously not just for golf we've got football we've got college football now and certainly baseball still going every other sport you could imagine Say it every time. Just come in and try it out. I really think you'll enjoy it. We'd love to see you over there. I'm Pat Mayo. You can follow me at the PME, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can find my cheat sheet up on DKPlaybook.com. My pivots at FTNDaily.com, completely free. I did a quick first look show. If you're looking for research on what I was looking for for the CJ Cup, that's up on Mayo Media Network YouTube channel. Please subscribe to that. Help me out a little bit. Uh, and it's on the podcast feed on the Pat Mayo Experience, the back end of the waiver show. I've combined those two together for Mondays. Uh, for people who want some football, people who want some golf, maybe people want them mixed together. Better than Cusmix of dipping Lay's regular chips into vanilla ice cream, as he revealed on the Spread Pick Show. Is that something I can interest you in, Ben? (laughs) No, no, that's frowned upon in all forms of society, so you count me out. Uh, Other than yeah, it's, it's, it's not a great look. Other than that, I become a member at FantasyNational.com. Use FantasyNational.com slash Mayo to get yourself a discount. And if you get the monthly membership right now, it will take you through the Masters, which you know, you're probably going to want to play for the Masters and everything in between. There's some fun tournaments coming up. I'm actually the most excited for Bermuda because that has like the biggest jabronis in the world in that field, I'm guessing, uh, which is oh, yeah. really my favorite type of tournament. So we'll be in on. Oh, I forgot to do the fucking bets. Who are you betting this week? <laughs> So I did bet Sanjay, which I know you won't like. It's not that I don't like it. It just feels like everyone is doing it. Yeah, well, I have to do that because if I don't, you know, my Twitter game, I got to keep up with everybody cashes. Oh, my God, I cashed a, a triple. I bet the, you know, people get crazy. I'm kind of interested in, in taking a look 
at Neiman and Fratelli for longer shots. I think if I had to pick a big guy, I'd bet Rory, but I'm not probably going to do that unless I get the odds that I was looking at and the DJ line kind of shrunk it. But Neiman and Fratelli for for bombs, I don't think is the worst idea. Yeah, I'm keeping it. I just I'm so heartbroken about Matthew Wolf last week. Once he got into that playoff, I really thought he was going to win. So I was like, I'm not going to hedge on these other losers. And I really should have. I would have locked in a, a, a sizable amount of money. But then said I lost it all. That was fun. Uh, so I bet Morikawa at 28 when it opened. Uh, just he should be. I think he's down to like 16 to one now because everyone bet everyone too bet him. He's also another very popular bet this week. Uh, I probably wouldn't bet him at 16, but if you can still find like a 20 number hanging out there, I'm in on Morikawa. I bet Henley at 80 to one with the top five each way. I bet Keegan at 200 to one with the top five each way. I'm probably going to play Keegan at, you know, top 10 I might play Henley as a top 10 I, I'm not doing much in terms of betting this week I don't like these type of tournaments I might bet JT I haven't decided on that yet but I'm probably not going to do it I think he's 10 to 1 right now yeah those guys are hovering like I said Rory was 14 at one point and that if I can find that I would do it uh I I don't know this is I'm with you this is not my favorite events because I think you're really taking aggressive stands against the win equity up top and if you don't, you're not getting great numbers. Like, I'm not going to bet Decky hasn't won in like three years. He's like 20 something to one. It's hard to really get behind that. Yeah, I'm just just searching around um, to a few different sites here. I don't this. I don't want to say the name of the site because uh, everyone should play at DraftKings, but I'm on it right now and is the fucking least intuitive site in the world. Oh, but they do have they have the best odds on anyone because I think they're like a new startup, but their layout is just fucking horrendous. No, I don't want to see the tournament matchups before I see who's going to win the tournament. Like what are we doing here? But they have the What's best Ryan? Justin They have the best Justin Thomas odds. They're 12 to 1. What's Ryan Palmer? Ryan Palmer He's is be in the- 150 uh 150. He seems to be 150 across the board. Yeah. not great. maybe a top 10 yeah that that's that's better the better way to play this i think if you want the long shots like i just did it for fun to bet you know henley and bet keegan at their super yeah. long odds the top 10 better the top 20 bet in a field of 76 guys is probably the move oh no doubt because as you like even with kevin Na and guys like that would i be stunned to see them in contention on sunday and cash you know maybe you know they come in six they come in eighth not really I'd be stunned if one of these guys actually held it off and won this tournament. Yeah, I think you just pick your one guy if you want to bet and you want to sprinkle on a few long shots, go for it. Yeah. So Morikawa, Henley, Keegan. I'll probably play the other two, like I said, with top tens. That's going to be it for me. Very low investment. I got to save my money for the Masters. I've been bleeding money here recently. Football, I'm not good at football betting. I'm not going to lie to you. Football betting is just, you got to come in the college ranks, even though that's good luck trying to figure out who's playing on these teams it is it's like the nfl except extremely extremely worse with no information of covid all right again ben raza you can follow him on twitter at jazz dfs i told you where to find everything i'm gonna hammer home once again that you should become a member at fantasynational.com slash mail for the discount and get that monthly membership to get yourself through the masters there's gonna be some exciting prize pools from DraftKings coming that week so you might as well get on now learn the system win some money at the bermuda and the houston and just lose it all back at the masters like i always do every single year i'm not great I, although i was great at the pga championship this year that was fantastic. Uh, but other than that, majors are not really my friend when it comes to DraftKings. But it doesn't stop me from playing anyway because it's fun to build lineups. Thank you all for watching. I will see you next time. Experience. Experience.